0: Pop-up shops are a great way to build brand awareness and to get your products and services out in front of the general audience. It allows you to open up for a small amount of time to get people exposed to what it is that you offer and a chance, a small chance for you to capture their attention and build brand loyalty. What is a pop-up shop? Well, that's simple. It's a temporary space for someone to sell their products or services and to give the waters a test to see how they would do when they hit the general market. Pop-up shops are temporary, so it's not the same commitment as a retail bricks and mortar, but it could be the most important investment you make in bringing your company to life. Although the internet is a vital component for many companies to compete and succeed in the global economy, there's something to be said for having a bricks and mortar to give you face-to-face interaction with your customers. Pop-up shops, while not a new concept, has seen a resurgence for a variety of businesses. A smart business branding and marketing move, small businesses are taking advantage of this strategy to build momentum for their companies. Today, my guest, Melissa Gonzalez, is the founder of the Lioness Group and author of the pop-up paradigm will discuss ways to leverage pop-up shops and key tips to make them successful. Today everyone is doing it from big brands to small startup businesses to fashion icons to yes even celebrities such as Jay-Z and Kanye West. I know you heard about that. Everybody is taking advantage of the pop-up But as simple as it may sound, a pop-up is not that easy to start, plan, and to pull off successfully. It takes a number of different factors to make it successful for your business and your goals. It, first of all, creates an urgency for customers because it puts you in front of them and it lets them get an idea of what it is that you do, what it is that you sell, and what the experience might be like in dealing with your company. It's cheaper than a regular bricks and mortar store, or a storefront because it's only for a specific amount of time and it allows you to put a certain amount of inventory in there to kind of whet their appetite a little bit. It gives you an opportunity to test a new neighborhood, a new market, or even your products or services with minimum risk. Is it for you? Well, we'll find out today when we talk about pop-up shops with our guest Melissa Gonzalez. You're going to walk away with Tips on how to plan in advance, how to create the ideal experience, how to digitize, use technology in your pop-up shops, how to invest only in what you need, and also how to plan for expected and unexpected costs. So today, my guest is Melissa Gonzalez. She is the founder of The Lioness Group and author of The Pop-Up Paradigm. She works as a consultant for major high-growth online retail brands looking to leverage omni-channel strategies via pop-up shops. Melissa is also a regular contributor to the New York Daily News and ABC LA Radio on immersive retail strategies and has won several awards for her works, including Retail Innovator of the Year, Experiential Engagement, and branding experiences Melissa welcome to the show thank you for joining thank you thanks for having me well let's get into it everybody's on this this thing about pop-up shops now I know that in New York they're very popular but I see that they're starting to take hold across the nation what kind of trends are you seeing in pop-up shops as far as small businesses getting used to or even daring to try to use pop-ups
1: yeah, so you know I, the the trend that continues is just experiential. People are really understanding that it's about storytelling. Um, they're not even fully stocking the stores with with cash and carry inventory. They're they're doing shoppable showrooms. They're having maybe too deep of inventory. They're partnering with companies like Uber Rush or Postmates to do on demand delivery, and they're investing their money in creating um, an experience in the store, very tactile. Storytelling-driven experience.
0: Uh mm-hmm. huh. Oh, that's interesting. You said partnering with Uber. What? Tell a little bit about that. What as far as because I know Amazon is like the big game changer in delivery services these days with their, their oh, Prime sure. delivery. So, are pop-up shops taking advantage of those kind of tactics? Yeah.
1: So, on the production side,
0: uh, we use uh, uh, Amazon
1: now. Um, when we need, it's interesting the way they're. Technology has worked to really, the predictive analysis to really predict how many tables in the neighborhood somebody might need, so they really shorten that last mile having inventory nearby. So We've been in build-outs where we realize, oh, no, I need a few more tables, and they can deliver them to us within an hour, and it's like magic just happens. So, on the production side, Amazon's been great, Um, but but Uber rushes been great or Postmates for partnering with pop-up stores because, you know, there are people that come shop and then within the same day, the product can be delivered to somebody's home. People really uh, appreciate that kind of high-touch, white-glove service, but it also enables a brand, maybe they're keeping that in their warehouse versus stocking it in the store, and it's giving them more, uh, more footage to create something else in the space.
0: Oh, cool. I had never even thought about that that angle of it. So let I guess that's going to bring me into my first uh, question. How far in advance, since now you're saying that it, you really don't really need the inventory on hand, I'm thinking you need to have inventory on hand, but how far in advance should a small business plan before deciding to open up their, or go live with their pop-up shop? You know, for, for a small
1: business, I still say, you know, you want to give yourself ample time, because you do want... You might not have items produced in store, but you need to have the stock available Mm -hmm. so that, you know, you could fulfill those orders easily. Um, And you want to make sure that you have enough stock so that you can capture that ROI. You don't want to get so much demand that you can't fulfill and you don't make your money back. So I always say the minimum is three months, uh, but that really depends on your production schedule. Um, You know, a lot of the times the bigger brands, they're doing it, like super last minute in six weeks. Um, so I think, you know, it's really tricky um, to do it because in that sort of a time frame because you want to give yourself the ample amount of time to really think about what are your goals, what story you're going to create in this space, what fixtures are you going to need, is there anything custom that's needed, what marketing strategy are you putting together. If you're open for more than a week, um, what strategy are you going to create, the duration of the pop-up, and it takes time to develop those partnerships and have conversations with complementary brands and really plan that out. You also want time to pick the your staff and properly train them. So there are a number of elements that need to take place that take time for proper training. Uh, for proper
0: planning to happen. Right. I mean, and we've seen them. We've seen anything from bakeries to food trucks do pop-ups. We've seen retail brands do pop-ups like small boutiques. I've even seen, and I know everybody has heard about this, I believe it was last year, Jay-Z and Kanye West also did a pop-up shop for the launch of their album so there really is no Mm -hmm. limitation on what type of business you need to have and I think a lot of people think oh well if I don't have clothing or shoes or jewelry or something or books or something like that that it's not applicable to me so can anybody launch a pop-up shop oh yeah
1: I mean if you have a story to tell you can launch a pop-up store you know um, we see people do it for fundraising. We see people do it for pet adoption. We see people do it for um, the National Peanut Board did it to grow awareness of all the different ways you can use peanuts in your life. They, they brought up farmers from Atlanta, and um, they, they, they have partnered with chefs, top chefs here in New York, and they, they taught people of all these great recipes that you can use peanuts. And so, you know, the... 98% of people know what peanuts are, and, and the people that don't eat it either don't like it or they're allergic to it. So it wasn't like we're going to introduce people to peanuts never heard of it, but we're going to show people other ways they could use it. And although they didn't sell anything in the space, the long tail um, benefit to them, to the industry, was there because of the awareness that they felt through the pop up store.
0: Right. Wow. Okay, so let's move on to investing in what you need. Because a lot of people, well, people have different perceptions of it. Some people think, okay, I can just have sample products. Or some people say, well, I need a full inventory. What is the proper way to plan about what you need to invest in? Aside from fixtures and signage and things like that, strictly talking about inventory, how should you plan to invest Mm -hmm. in what you need?
1: Yeah, it's really tricky <laughs> It's really tricky People are always trying to figure out what are the right amount of SKUs and stuff like that I mean, ideally, in a, in a, in a work case scenario, right? Like you want to break even So part of it's just, you know, how much are you going to spend in the space How much square footage you have And like, what's that inventory that you need to be able to sell to even break even um, and, and also, um, I, would always, I always guide people to stick with your, your strongest edit uh-huh. Don't try to show everything What's the best representation of your brand, of your signature, so that people that are coming in and getting introduced like, are really understanding that?
0: Right. Okay. Well, that leads to the next, the hard question a lot of people struggle with, unexpected and expected costs. I mean, with expected, expected costs, of course, you know... I need this amount for this. I need this amount for that. But what kind of unexpected costs can actually pop up if you haven't budgeted for it? Excuse the pun. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, sure. I have to go the timing. Mean, you know, people are always shocked how much that costs. I will say that like, hands down. Um, and and I and I find that to be very interesting because you know, your your staffers are an extension of your brand voice at the store. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to create this beautiful window and this beautiful merchandise store and then they speak to the store associate with these high expectations of discovery and it falls flat because they can't tell your story or they don't understand how to really, you know, represent what you stand for. So um, that tends to be a shock for people, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, and then understanding that it's not just investing in the actual product, like the store fixtures for, for everything. We also need a crew <laughs> to install right. it. So people forget about that. You know, I mean, unless you're really good at painting and drilling and everything like that, um, you you need to budget for, for for if not a crew, a couple handyman. Uh handy women Um, so those tend to be surprises and then you know the marketing I mean you don't have to spend a ton on a marketing budget but you do need to you're either paying with time or you're paying with money right and so if you don't have huge budgets then it takes time it takes time to forge partnerships to find the right online brand that can collaborate with you to make sure that you're properly understanding and explaining what the partnership's going to be I'm going to give you my space in exchange I want X, Y, and Z and making sure to deliver on it what benefits you um, so, the, so, so, those are areas that I feel like people they get so excited about getting doors open, oh. um, and they don't think of like the full three hundred and sixty approach.
0: Right, right. Now, I know one of the biggest things, of of course, besides merchandise and branding and and strategies like that, as far as your signage. The customer experience, because you could have Mm -hmm. a pop up shop with the greatest clothes or the best tasting food. But if the customer's not feeling the experience, and and this is not just for pop up shops, this is for all shops. But if you're not, if if you're used to being behind a computer screen and you're not used to being customer facing, it can be difficult Mm -hmm. to create that customer experience that's ideal that would make people say, oh, well, you know what? After this pop-up shop is closed, I'm, I'm definitely going to come, keep coming back to them and use them. What is a good way to create an ideal customer experience so that it translates into customer loyalty?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think everybody talks about personalization. Uh-huh. Um, and that's why I feel like investing in the source app is so important. There's different ways in which you can deliver that personalization. Like, you know, huge companies have that em- the deep pockets to invest in the right technology to get there, and they have a big enough team to kind of make that happen. But even if you're a small company, that level of personalization happens when you can talk one on one with somebody, when you can really dive into the story behind your brand and how the product was made, and recommend style fits to them, and, and make sure that they feel they're getting this really personalized approach to fit. So they walk out of the door so they may shop from their friends, somebody they want to continue a relationship with, somebody they want to tell their friends about, somebody they want to. Keep Following
0: online, somebody they want to visit when they come to their next pop up store opening. Okay, okay. And finally, okay, we can't ha- end the conversation without talking about technology. What ways mm-hmm. do you see? I mean, I see, at first, it kind of made me a little nervous when I saw the, not the pop ups, but the regular bricks and mortars transitioning to using Square and iPads from these big clunky registers. How are people yeah. using technology now to make the experience even better in a pop-up?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you're seeing companies like Shopify, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, creating it so that, number one, what's great is a lot of companies that run e-commerce now have a POS system fully integrated in the back end. They can, they can see what inventory is in store, which, what, what inventory is online, and, you know, creating that channel experience for customers so important, and when they were fragmented before, it was a lot harder for people to do that. Oh. They also have great analytics on the back end, right? And you use, like, you know, kind of the old traditional cash register POS system. They weren't providing the same analytics of, you know... It, you can download apps to integrate into your POS to say, like, was it sunny that day? Was it raining that day? Mm-hmm. You know, understanding traffic patterns, understanding average cart size, how many items per cart, you know, putting notes, segmenting them in, and, and into different newsletter um, into different newsletter lists. So you're, you're not just capturing the sale, you're capturing information, and you're capturing, a, you know, a more personalized opportunity to follow up with that leader. Right.
0: Good, good. Yeah. I mean, and I think, and and leave it to it being blissful ignorance because, you know, a lot of people say, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. I'll have my laptop or I'll have my iPad and my PayPal uh, reader or my square and I'm set. Do you find that a lot of people are really, before they talk to you, are they really thinking about how they can implement technology to make it work effectively? I'm definitely seeing it more as a trend.
1: People are thinking of it more and more for sure. Um, you know, and, and I think a lot of it is also that technology has advanced in a way that it's making it more accessible for other brands. You know, I think there's a lot of tools that are out there, and they're, they've they been standalone tools, and people weren't really sure how to integrate it, right, and, and make it work for them. Uh-huh. So the more that you see companies like a Shopify kind of making it into this one-stop solution and, 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 and easy to understand and, and integrate into your system, the more that people are doing it... Um, there's still a gap, so the huge brands like the Nikes and the Under of the world can, can, can utilize technology on a whole different scale, and they have the content creation teams to use right. um, to make 3D three D um, content and use, you know, VR glasses and all of that stuff, but there's still a gap, but as far as, like, tracking and analyzing and learning, I think that it's become more accessible across the
0: board. Right. I mean, and plus, the bigger brands have the budget. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yes. Of course, of course. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. So, if you could give about, let's say, three takeaways, if someone came today and said, you know what, after listening to this show, I really believe that a pop up shop may work for me. I'm still not convinced. What three tips or what three pieces of advice would you offer to get them to consider it, to take the plan?
1: Yeah, I mean, sure. So, before you, before you, um, Before you take the fund, I always ask people to have a clear vision of what their goals are. It's so important. Your goal can't be I want to publish up. Are you testing a new partnership? Are you trying to educate? Are you launching a new product? Are you testing a partner? Like, whatever it is, you should be really clear on that outside of I want to sell a product because that's always portion of it. Um, Making sure that, you know, you do have the right inventory um, and the proper time to have a merchandising plan. A lot of the times I see people decide to do a pop-up, not sure what they're going to sell. You design a store and they figure out their merchandise later and then that store layout fixtures don't work, right? So you really want to have a clear clear picture on that. Um, And, you know, understand the difference. Sometimes it makes sense to just do a trunk show or do a pop-in store. You might not be at the point where doing a standalone makes sense. You also want to think of your budget, and if there's ways you could be savvy and DIY, and there's ways that if you cut the budget, it can really hurt you. For okay. example, staffing, right? So right. You just want to be in a place that if you're going to do it, you can do it right.
0: Okay. Good. Thank you so much. Well, Melissa Gonzalez is also contributing an article for our first issue of Mogul Chicks magazine, and she will be talking more about pop-up shops and how you can use them to upgrade your brand in your company. So we look forward to seeing that issue, and you can see her her issue her article in that issue. For more information, you can follow her on Twitter at Mel's Styles. That's M-E-L-S, like Sam, S like Sam. T-Y-L-E-S, like Sam, or you can catch her at lionesquegroup.com and all of that is available on the website. You can click the link and go and set up an appointment to work with her. Any parting words you have for our listeners, Melissa? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that there's a lot of amazing opportunities
1: you can get out of a public store. And and just remember, you know, in our in our, in our world today where everybody's, <laughs> just inundated with stimulus <laughs> through all <laughs> the social media and everything else, you know, you want to make sure that you're having a very clear message. Like, they can walk out in one sentence and and and, and explain what they just discovered.
0: Mm-hmm. Good, good to know. Well, thank you for being with us this afternoon, and I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and your expertise. Again, Melissa Gonzalez can be found at Mel's Styles on Twitter and lionessgroup.com. You can also follow her on LinkedIn as well. Thanks for joining me today, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So there you have it. Pop-up shops are awesome opportunities for you to position your company, your product, and your services and your brand in front of consumers. While it may not be for everyone, it is definitely a trend that's happening across the country and across the world. That face-to-face interaction may be ideal for you to give people just a little taste of what it is they can expect from your company and your brand as you move forward. It's especially important if you plan to be internet-only or a phone-only company where You're not dealing with customers face to face by giving them that time and that interaction to work with you and get a sense of how it would be moving forward. A pop up shop may be the ideal strategy for your business. It again is not for everyone, but it does take a commitment, it takes resources, it takes planning, as Melissa mentioned, and it takes the experience. You can't just open a shop and expect people to come in purchase from you and walk out and that's it and you've made money. It cannot be transactional. I have to stress and I have to really make you drive home the point that you have to make it about the experience. So let's talk about some of the things that are in the news today that are of interest to you. Um, Yahoo was purchased by Verizon for, wait, wait for it, 48 billion with a b billion dollars yep they're betting that yahoo can still be the future of broadband well stranger things have happened look at what happened when google acquired motorola this is the flip you have a telephone or communications provider buying an internet company so we'll see we'll keep a close eye on yahoo and see what happens in the future there The other thing that's really exciting is the billion dollar well, the Dollar Shave Club is now the billion dollar shave club because they were just purchased by Unilever. Now you use soap and detergent and everyday household products and body products and consumer products. You know who Unilever is. Chances are they're the people who, you know, you get your deodorant from. But they purchased the Dollar Shave Club for $1 billion. Remember that guy with the cheesy videos on YouTube? He's not laughing anymore. He is now the billion-dollar man. Well, I mean, you know, it wasn't net billion dollars. It was a gross billion-dollar purchase. But you know what? It makes them part of the infamous mythical unicorn the billion dollar unicorn club so congratulations to Dollar Shave Club and I can't wait to see what Unilever does to this and hopefully they won't mess it up and then finally non-tech acquire this news for you suddenly, you guys are getting more interest now than the tech companies. Everybody thinks tech companies are the ones that are getting the investments from VCs and angels. But guess what? There are deals out there for startups who are in food industries and green industries and retail industries and all of these industries that are not tech driven. So that's great news for you. You can look for capital investment now. But Guess what? Let's go back to your pop-up shops because if you do a pop-up shop, that can get you some brand awareness. So think about that pop-up shop. And also, final words, if you are planning to join the Mogul Chicks Weekend Intensive, good news. We added a date in September. September 24th and 25th, we will be meeting in... You guessed it, Miami, Florida, for the Mogul Chicks Weekend Intensive. And you ain't seen nothing yet. So make sure you get out there and register. You can register as eight ninety nine per person for per founder, excuse me. And it's a two day event, all day Saturday from 9am to maybe around four ish or so four or five and we will be doing one-on-ones with you after the sessions as well and on saturday on sunday excuse me to wrap up from eight to ten so definitely make sure you check it out we have day passes if you just want to attend saturday or the sunday it's five hundred dollars for each day and again 899 for the full weekend you come out better that way if you want to bring a partner or co-founder it's 250 dollars additional so it's even less money if you Bring someone with you and split the difference, split the cost. And, you know, of course, people who are already Mogul Chicks members, you get to come for free. So check out more information at mogulchicks.com. Follow us online at Mogul Chicks on Instagram, on Twitter. We're at Google Plus. We're on LinkedIn. We have a LinkedIn page for Mogul Chicks. And of course, you can follow me at Talent Diva on Twitter and Periscope. Oh, yeah, Mogul Chicks has a Periscope channel as well. And also, make sure you tune in next week for our episode, the next episode of the Mogul Chicks radio show. I'm Adrienne Graham, your founder of Mogul Chicks and founder and CEO of Empower Me Corporation. And I look forward to seeing you. And remember, Mogul Chicks. Always, always get the deal done. Have a great day.